0: next up the nfc west finishing up nfc draft grades with the western division how did the 49ers and the cardinals and the rams and the seattle seahawks fair in the 2022 nfl draft coming up right now you're listening to the peacock and williamson
1: nfl show your daily podcast on the national football league powered by the locked on podcast network your team every day
0: Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson with you once again at PD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. little programming note uh, later on in the week, we are going to talk about Matt Williamson. He just dropped on me that he's got his Dynasty Rookie Rankings. This year ready to go and formulated. So we'll talk a little bit about that later on in the week. We'll have a live show again Tuesday, our Twitter Tuesday live. So bring the Twitter questions, but more importantly, join us live on the YouTube broadcast. It will be noon Eastern 9 a.m. Pacific time Tuesday. Get into the chat and we'll answer your questions there as well in tomorrow's po- program. But uh, how about the NFC West, Matt? I was looking at this division, and I remember... I bet it, you were. I remember it after <laughs> I've been very closely uh, paying attention to this division, and especially the 49ers draft. But the Seattle Seahawks drafted three times before anybody else in the division took a single player.
1: Oh, wow. I, I didn't put two and two together on that. That That's very interesting to me because, well, Trey Lance, um, Matthew Stafford, yeah. Von Miller... Uh, Marquise Brown, all these stud, you know, veterans have been infused into your division.
0: Yep, absolutely. And the Seahawks were the only team that had a first round pick. We'll get to them later. Let's start alphabetical here with the Arizona Cardinals. And you mentioned Hollywood Brown. They made that big move on day one of the draft, trading away their first round pick. They got a third back and Hollywood Brown now part of that offense. Very close with Kyler Murray. They were college teammates. A better fit for Hollywood, first of all. Is it it an upgrade for Hollywood? Is it an upgrade for the Cardinals to have bypassed on a first-round pick and just brought in their wide receiver there?
1: I think there's some value in making Kyler Murray happy, too. You know, I mean, that reuniting, I think they had to know Hopkins was getting suspended as well, so maybe you'd pay a little bit more than you would have otherwise. I think it's very good for for Marquise Brown, for Hollywood, and – I'm a little hesitant. Anything's better than Baltimore, frankly, for for a a, a 170-pound receiver. I mean, yeah, he takes the top off, and he was good there. But a a more wide-open offense is going to do him a world of good. But not to jump the gun. I mean, the fact that they took Trey McBride with their first pick indicates to me that we might see more 12 personnel with with two tight ends on the field. I mean, they also have Max Williams, who's a good blocker, and, of course, Ertz was re-signed. Um, as opposed to tons of four receiver sets, especially while Hopkins is suspended. So I'm not saying they're going to all of a sudden come out with a neck roll fullback and a bunch of tight ends and extra offensive <laughs> linemen, but they might try to get a little heavier because meanwhile their receivers are getting lighter and smaller. Right.
0: Well, <laughs> their heavy is going to go from a 200 and. 15 pound DeAndre Hopkins to 240 pound Trey McBride or Zach Hurts. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. We're not talking about uh punch you in the face tight ends here on on that Arizona Cardinals roster either. But um that that's that's kind of what I'm seeing here is speed still on the field and Rondale Moore and a couple of tight ends, but both are pass catching options. So still pass heavy, still move fast, but maybe get a little bit more size there and help you out in the running game slightly and make Kyler Murray's job a little bit easier. But I assume they're still gonna try to throw the ball. And, you know, pass catchers were their first two expenditures there in in round one and round two. So Trey McBride out of Colorado State, uh, widely thought of as sort of the best tight end in this class. It wasn't a, you know, a really top heavy tight end class here. We haven't had a really monster tight end class in a while, probably since all the way back in 2017 in the NFL draft. Then they came back with a defensive lineman, a, a lunch pail guy in Cam Thomas, San Diego State in round three. Their uh, second, third round pick, MyJ Sanders, Cincinnati, uh, listed as a defensive end, but he, go, he goes only about 228 pounds. To be honest,ly when I watched MyJ Sanders, I, I did not like him. I think he's a, a tweener that doesn't fit either as a Uh, off-ball linebacker or a even a stand-up pass rusher and that's kind of what he has to be as a stand-up pass rusher he's going to get washed out if he tries to play defensive end that's just not going to work he's got to gain 40 pounds like he's he needs a lot of weight and he's very spindly and there's some athleticism but i just didn't see a usable player in either role yet and we'll see if he becomes one in either one of those roles but I, i really get the feeling he's a tweener and will end up playing off ball linebacker because I don't know if he can hold up against the run at his size. Yeah, and, and I don't know that he's Hassan Reddick for them either. You know, well, and they—that's what ha- they got r- Hassan Reddick wrong. They should have been using him right, as a pass exactly. rusher all right. along. He was a pure pass rusher clearly, and they t- tried to make him an off ball linebacker, and that didn't work. And then he went elsewhere and became a monster pass rusher, which he should have been all along. It's a mm-hmm. uh, worry that the same fate will happen with myJ Sanders, uh, Keontae Ingram in the sixth. So no picks in the fourth or fifth round then a than five. Sixth and seventh rounders here. Keontae Ingram, a running back from USC in round six. Uh, Lucidas Smith, Virginia Tech guard in round six. And then three seventh rounders, Valdosta State making an appearance here. That's the uh, only Valdosta State player drafted, as as far as I know. A corner, Christian Matthew. Then uh, Jesse Lucetta from Penn State, outside linebacker. And Marquise Hayes, Oklahoma guard. So doubling up on guards on day three were the Arizona Cardinals How do you feel about this one? And I guess you have to include Hollywood Brown in this. Um, And so overall, they got some weapons on offense. They got a pass rusher on defense, uh, a run defender slash pass rusher in Cam Thomas, a player I like. I think this is a really good value for him. I saw him in second round mocks, and I I think round three is a better place for Cameron Thomas. So I feel really good about that one. And then, uh, I don't know, you know, hopefully, you flip some coins on some of these picks between late third and seventh round.
1: Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I think we had this conversation pre-draft when we were doing some of our mocks. Arizona was always tough for me. You know, like if Zion Johnson was there, I usually gave him Zion Johnson, but recognize that edge with Chandler Jones gone corner, another receiver. There was a lot of directions. This team could go maybe more than most, especially more than most playoff type teams. So, And the more I look at this, I look at it like they added two pass catchers, two edge rushers, and two guards. So I don't want to, you know, brush off the two guards. I understand it's the 215th pick and the 257th pick, but I liked both those players, especially Hayes from Oklahoma, much more than where they were drafted. And I don't know if there's injuries or what's going on there but my hunch is one of them will be a starter for them. So not that there's Zion Johnson, but uh, they needed a guard, they went after two of them. They they needed an edge, they went after two of them. And those edge guys are very different to me as are the pass catchers. McBride and Brown couldn't be any more different, you know, and I'm going to put them even though they play different positions, you know, TE and WR, but but they're both pass catchers. And I wanted to I, I'm with you on Sanders. The only thing that I might dispute you a little on, but he's not for me, is I think he had weight issues because of an illness or whatever. Maybe he gets up to 255-ish or something like that, but he's not enough of a speedball off the edge for me to think that works. But I think Cam Thomas is one of the best picks in this entire draft. I mean, if you remember, he tweaked a hammy at the Senior Bowl, so we never really heard from him after that. But super productive, bigger body, I don't want to say he's Chandler Jones, but he's going to play that role and maybe even a little of the JJ Watts stuff
0: with Sanders. And I remember the illness stuff and the weight stuff, but he yeah. looked like he, he does play. was light too, so the tape sort of matched someone who looked like they were in their two thirties and not really in their two fifties. But you're right, you're right. You know, there's, there's definitely traits there, and he's a really long player and athletic for sure. So maybe they they can find something there, and you can see how that draft might have gone, where they thought, man, we want some speed off the edge, but Cameron Thomas is our best guy. But we have another pick, and in, in a dozen picks, if Sanders is still there, then we'll just get him too. And maybe we'll get a little bit of both. And, you know, it'd be nice if you could yeah, put both yeah. two players together into one, but you can't. Um, so interesting draft there. And really a lot of protection for the loss for six weeks of their star receiver. And can A.J. Green and and really there's a lot of mouths to feed once DeAndre Hopkins does come back. So yeah, that, right. I mean, is going to be interesting. And we'll see if it's fun. And we'll see if they've done enough on the defensive side of the ball recently and replacing Chandler Jones uh, to hang with teams in the nfc west that's an interesting division let's move on to the los angeles rams the 49ers and the seattle seahawks oh i, di- I didn't give a letter grade to the cardinals here this is a tough one for me because you, you have to include and brown right yeah but you got to pay him eventually so that's you know it's like they drafted a although he does have the f- fifth year option I like McBride. I like Cameron Thomas. The den I don't like the rest. I'll go C, C plus. I'm gonna do a C plus. Okay.
1: I'd probably be a little better to the cards than that, but I hear what you're saying.
0: Yeah, like B minus Cusp. If, mm-hmm. if, if you're a Cardinals fan and and you're about to get really mad at me, how about How does how does B minus sound?
1: Because <laughs> you're a Niner Homer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, let's go. Rams, 49ers, Seahawks next how about bet online though you can bet on who will be the rookie of the year on the offensive side of the ball on the defensive side of the ball uh, I, I was looking at the, the odds and there's nobody high on the list charles cross was the highest player drafted in this division um i wouldn't waste your money on betting on an, an offensive lineman being offensive rookie of the year in the nfl you would have to be pretty amazing so um yeah probably not much betting on on the rookie class here in the <laughs> nfc west but you can find those odds at bet online your number one source for all Betting stats and sports information. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, news, uh, including this year's NBA playoffs, major league baseball, uh, horse racing. The Kentucky Derby was last weekend. Those are the types of things you can find to bet online. Anything sporting is there. Live betting, playoffs, esports as well. And you can find those Vegas casino games if you want to play a little blackjack in between sports bets. So, Get over to Bet Online today. Use your mobile device or your desktop and learn more about the trends and action at Bet Online, where the game starts. Thanks again, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day. Make sure you're checking out all the rest that the network has to offer. Locked On covers every single team in the NFL. We're talking college and baseball and NBA. Uh, your team is covered right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Okay, Matt. Los Angeles Rams. They had to wait a little while. And they were, yeah, yeah. They, were <laughs> they were scouting Cole Strange, hoping he would get to pick 104. Uh, he did not get there. He got he, he got taken off the board at 29 overall. So they did go with a guard there at 104 late in the third round with one of those comp picks. And it was Logan Bruss, the Wisconsin guard that came back in the fourth round with Jacoby Durant out of South Carolina State corner. Kyron Williams, Notre Dame running back in round five. Quentin Lake, Carnell Lake's kid, safety out of UCLA in round six, which was maybe my favorite pick of the day for them. I I like him. I think maybe even some starting potential there for him. And instinctive, you know, really like just – not dynamic just a loose athlete and he's kind of where he needs to be all the time he he, he plays like uh the son of a of, of an nfl player that, that's the way he looks out there on the field you're Darian, not gonna have to
1: sell me on carnell Lake, lakes kid i yeah. can tell you <laughs> that
0: exactly <laughs> uh Darian out of georgia cornerback in round six and then three seven rounders daniel hardy out of montana state the linebacker safety Russ yeast from kansas state all-name team there and offensive tackle aj or from michigan state clearly it's not going to be a high grade because they don't care about draft picks and they didn't they wouldn't have picked at all on day one or two if they didn't have that comp pick late round three in logan bruss how do you how do you even grade a los angeles rams draft class at this point
1: Right, i mean we just gave a grade for marquise brown do we have to include von miller and matthew stafford and a Lombardi trophy in this grade yeah, uh, yeah you know what he, i mean
0: it's an a if you get the job yeah <laughs> it's an a if you if you count All of those things, and even though Von Miller's not on the team anymore, you got the trophy, and and that over the hump there with Matthew Stafford. So, yeah, the Rams were not – they were having fun. You saw video of them at their little draft party during the first round, and it's pretty cool, actually, when you have your head coach and your GM sitting there talking with people while the draft's going on and you know oh look at this ut chattanooga cole strange off the board we were hoping to get him so we went the different guard logan bruss in round three instead and they were having a good time and, and they're still on that post super bowl win high so sure. with with looking at that way you give them an a but um in terms of they already this got, hall, those, it's they awesome got those players last year so i'm not right. counting them so they're gonna get a uh I'll I'll not give him an F I'll give him a D because they I don't even know if any of these guys are going to make an impact but actually Kyron Williams fifth round running back those types of players make impacts all the time Carnell Lake I like him I think he's going to stick on a roster you you drafted a couple of offensive linemen a couple of cornerbacks and you sort of pray
1: yeah and we talk about the Rams approach to the draft a lot it's just volume it's not it's all quantity not quality it's all cheap labor and I'm sure A tackle-turned-guard from Wisconsin will start right away and be a four-year starter, and if they choose to resign him, so be it. If not, they'll let him test the market, and they'll get another comp pick back, as they often do. I don't think it's an accident at all that half of their eight picks are on defensive backs. Just throw a bunch of defensive backs in the mix and see how it works out. If one hits, great. If two hits, woo you know? I mean, Darian Kendrick, he's a very – red flagged off the field player, but he was heavily recruited and he won two national championships in a row with Georgia and then Clemson the year before, you know, so, you know, take a chance on him. but you know, they're, these mid Brown picks are often on linebackers and guards and running backs. And that's what they did again, you know, Bruss and Kyron Williams aren't premium positions. Um, Remember that Henderson is a free agent after this year. So Williams would probably get a role a year from now as the um, pure passing down guy. And I don't want to hang on him too long, but he's just interesting because now that he's a Ram, no one cares that his 40 times stinks and is, you know, once he's in camp, coaches are going to love this guy. And, you know, we'll see from there. I'm not saying he's the steal of the draft or anything, but all of a sudden you're a Ram now. I don't care that you didn't have a great short shuttle,
0: you know? Absolutely, I'm having an allergy attack over here. Okay, sorry. But yeah, uh, but yeah it's uh, it's it's just a really hard class to grade, and, and a ton of sure, sure, a ton of late round offensive linemen just throwing darts at the dartboard. Right. That's A lot either. of these drafts I'm seeing, and yep. it was the same thing for the 49ers. Let's look at the Niners, who also didn't have a first round pick. We'll save the Seahawks for last, since there's a lot more to talk about with that team. Um, I, I really love the first pick for the 49ers in Drake Jackson, a defensive end that. I think will be a better NFL player than he was a college player and you almost have to go all the way back to his freshman tape where he was playing at a bigger size to see how he's actually going to fit in the NFL cuz I think he got too slim down and it was really one dimensional yeah. uh, as an outside linebacker and his coaching staff wanted him to get down he's actually under 250 in the 240s I guess was his playing weight and that's why he uh, looks uh, so light so man you see the flexibility and the burst off the edge you're like man i love that but not enough secondary moves not enough power with his moves not enough speed to power not enough strength against the run and then you go back to his freshman tape and it looked like a different guy he was so much all the way down to his ankles he just looked thicker and he was already up to 270 pounds from like 254 at the combine to his pro day so clearly um he can be bigger, which is a good sign for teams. And I'm sure teams told him, hey, get bigger. So uh, I like right. that because of the potential it could be as an every down player across from Nick Bosa. And they've needed that ever since D. Ford's had all those injuries. Do you
1: think I'm right to say that he's going to be 265, 270, 3 defensive end, hand in the dirt guy, which is Absolutely. what he's best at?
0: 100 percent that's good. What he's okay to, good yeah. that Go makes me very his happy and and in I like college, yeah. his freshman year that's what he was then that's what he's going to be for the 49ers and he was still able to work out well and show off all that flexibility and do back backflips on draft day and so okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that um that flexibility is is what's key for pass rushers in the nfl with long arms he has that and so you know maybe maybe you found something really special there in drake jackson late second round so i love the value there. And then I start to have some big problems with what the 49ers did next as, as much as mm-hmm. i like the Drake Jackson pick and the potential with that one. Um, and it could just be a, a situational rusher, which would have some value even in the second round, but I love the Drake Jackson pick did not like at all. The Tyrion Davis price pick third round running back back to back years with third round running backs. Trace sermon didn't play hardly at all for the 49ers last year. So you would think they would do something different and they kind of did the same. They went back and got a, yes. a big school, big, Running back, so clearly they're trying to accomplish something, and it just—I don't know if they're these guys are fits in Kyle Shanahan's wide zone because they always end up with the four-three guy who's got speed and they can threaten the corner. And that's yeah. what happened last year with the sixth rounder with speed beating out the bigger-bodied running back that they drafted in Trey Sermon in the third round. So. We'll see if uh, Tyrion Davis Price becomes, uh, you know, the number one running back potentially, which is what you would hope if you draft a third rounder. But we saw a lot of third round running backs in this class. And I didn't really like any of the picks from James Cook on down drafting backup running backs, situational running backs that high in the class. And I didn't like that about the Tyrion Davis Price, even though there's a lot to like about Price who's a thicker running back a lot of speed and danny gray wide receiver in round three he's more of a catch and run or um you know threaten the defense deep receiver not much in the intermediate not much of a route runner so a work in progress there will see but he can take a slant to the house which is what kyle shanahan likes in his offense um and then like a lot of these teams went with a whole bunch of offensive linemen and uh, throwing some darts on day three. They went Spencer Burfert out of UTSA offensive tackle in the fourth round, probably will kick into guard. And then Nick Zakel from Fordham in the sixth round, who's a tackle in college that will probably kick into guard in the NFL. Then a slot corner, Samuel Womack out of Toledo in the fifth, an outside corner, Tariq Castro Fields, with his, which is one of the better values in this class, uh, corner from Penn State in the sixth round. a Kalia Davis, who is wider than he is tall, 6'1", 300-pound, defensive tackle out of UCF and finished it up with Mr. Irrelevant quarterback, Brock Purdy, who's got uh, the, uh, his, a lot has been made of the hand measurements, Matt, for Kenny Pickett. It, sure. Brock Purdy came in with the exact perfect hand measurement to hold onto a clipboard. So that
1: was,
0: <laughs> exactly, that is what Brock Purdy is, is probably they're hoping he's a practice squad guy in year one and really signals that they don't plan on having Jimmy Garoppolo around into the season. And Mr. Irrelevant, probably long term backup, but looks like a Shanahan, you know, sort of a well coached quarterback uh, in round seven. Uh, I'm interested to hear the outsider's thoughts, though, on the 49ers class here.
1: Yeah. And we touched on Jackson. I love that pick. To me, that's like. Plug him in as a little bit bigger version of D Ford. Let him go. He could be one of these steals of this draft. I'm with you on the rest of it, I think, though. I mean, Davis Price was a guy that I kept thinking, man, I'm going to get this guy at the beginning of the third round of my rookie drafts after he goes in the sixth round of the Chiefs. And, boy, I, I like this player a lot. And as was the case with a lot of running backs, as you mentioned, third round, end of third round, early fourth, like, ooh, that's a little rich for this crew you know crop of tier two tier three running backs including him and it has a little bit of joe williams feel to it that shanahan stood on the table for him and overdrafted the guy you know <laughs> shanahan, um,
0: has, shanahan will do that he has yeah, his favorites. Yeah. he's like um he's like the drunk guy at the bar and collects all these phone numbers at the end of the night and is really jazzed up about it. And then the next day wakes up and is like, okay, what happened? I don't really want, uh, I don't want any of these phone numbers anymore. And then the guys end up in his doghouse. and you know, there was some off field character stuff and Joe Williams just didn't really have the desire. And we'll see if that's what really, you know, um, if Davis price has issues like that, because there was some commitment issues with him as well, but it's, they've been trying to fit this like more power inside Mm -hmm game with off they drafted a third round running back and two offensive linemen last year and they did it again this year it's like well, they're trying to fit it in but guess what happens you end up handing the ball off to your wide receiver because you need that explosive ability in, in those those wide zone runners so I don't, we'll it just seems well. like they're yeah. really trying to fit a square peg into a round hole and it's just not what their dna is
1: yeah and another thing they've been looking for for a long time going back to like godwin or goodwin is you know a, a just a burner track guy on the outside Danny Gray might be the fastest guy in this draft I mean he's not a Debo Samuel replacement or any kind of challenge to Ayuk. to me I think he does a couple things well and it's really be fast down the sidelines and that has value in a, in a running system if you can get people out of the box but I mean we'll see I, I, I have no qualms with that pick nor do I have any qualms with either one of the offensive linemen but I'm not doing cart rules even over them either um I do like the two corners they drafted. And I know Castro Fields was inconsistent on tape, a work in progress, whatever nice word you want to use. But there's a lot of talent there from a size speed quotient. I thought he'd go much faster or much higher you know, earlier. And Samuel Womack wasn't a guy I knew a lot about before the draft, but kind of paid some attention to him since. I bet he'll be your slot corner before long.
0: Yep, his scouting report reads a lot like Kwan Williams, who just left. Just yeah, yeah. got a little bit more top speed, and both Womack and Castro Fields ran high four threes. And to be honest with you, if you just swapped Tariq Castro Fields with third rounder Tyrion Davis Price, I'd probably like the class a lot better value wise. Right, <laughs> <laughs> right. Six one four three corner in round three makes sense, and a running back in round six makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but so, and, and I think that was one of the things with this entire class is there was a lot of prospects that were fifth rounders. And teams drafted them in the third round and teams drafted them in the sixth round. You know, mm-hmm. there was just like a, a lot of players in that that middle zone that that teams and I think that's why we started seeing running backs go higher because they're all kind of in the same group a lot of mid-round guys, really from round three all the way through round six. Um yeah. but overall I also
1: think round seven across the league, people don't care at all about anymore. Not you at know, all. I mean, my team took a second quarterback, your team took a quarterback after a year after taking one in third overall, like that, those seventh rounders to me are just kind of like joke picks anymore.
0: Right, Take, taking players that you probably expect will get cut after training camp, and you hope to to put them back on the practice squad.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, super quick note on that. Like with the Steelers, I think they took a second quarterback just because they realized no undrafted free agent rookie quarterback is going to sign with the team that drafted one in the first round. And unfortunately, Dwayne Haskins passed away, so they need a fourth camp arm, but not like. They had any value in the player, I don't think, you know, I mean, I think Purdy's kind of the same situation. Like who wants what undrafted free agent quarterback wants to sign with the Niners or the uh, Jets or Jags or, you know, someone drafted a quarterback super high recently.
0: Right. No, that, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. You're playing that undrafted free agent game. Mm-hmm. So overall I, I feel similar to this class as I do the Arizona Cardinals class. I just like a couple of picks better and a little bit more potential impact from the edge rusher there so it's on the c plus b minus cusp so that's how i feel about this class
1: yeah and they didn't have a first i mean obviously that's a theme in this division, right. and, but yeah, you know
0: they don't, they don't get credit for Lance anymore that was no, no. last year's grade next the seattle seahawks the only team in the division to draft in the first 40 picks and actually they took three picks before anybody else took Any selections in the division, Seattle Seahawks draft grade next. But let's talk about built bars with summer coming. You're going to be going on vacations. You need some snacks in your bags. Keep your family fed on the go. Throw them in your bags. Throw them in your kids' backpacks. Put them in your car. Make sure everyone has a bar so you are fueled for your summer adventures and no more sacrificing delicious food for health. That is the best part about built bars because they are a healthy snack that you will want to reach for. They are covered in 100% real chocolate, which means with Built Bar, you can eat healthy while enjoy doing it. Have you tried the Built Bar Puffs? People are going crazy for those Built Bar Puffs. The first ever protein-infused marshmallow. A churro puff. Banana cream pie, tons of puff flavors. There was a brownie batter puff, which I believe is already sold out at built.com. Only 140 calories. It's crazy. I don't know how they do it. They make them taste good first, make them healthy after that somehow. But most built bars contain only 130, 140 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, only 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Get a mix box. New flavors coming all the time at built.com. And with our promo code, you can get 15% off your order. Go to built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off That is promo code locked 15 for 15% off at build.com. Seattle Seahawks. They, I thought there was going to be some movement with the Seahawks in the draft. Yeah, right. They sort of stay, they sort of hung out, stood pat at pick number nine. And I think they got a really nice player and they didn't, they didn't screw it up and say, oh, he's a, he's a, not a good enough run blocker. You know, he came from the wrong system. We don't like him. So we're going to go Trevor Penning instead of Charles Cross. They didn't do anything Seahawksy and weird at pick nine. They just went with the best player available at a need position. Charles Cross, get your long-term left tackle in there. So I actually like that selection for the Seattle Seahawks there. Um, I don't, you know, I don't know if the quarterback is in place that he should be protecting Pass-protecting four right now, but uh, right, right. we picking Charles Cross. They came back with picks 40 and 41 in the second round. Boy Maffe out of Minnesota, pass rusher, and then running back Kenneth Walker. Uh, Abraham Lucas, another offensive tackle who is more of a project out of Washington State but has some traits. Kobe Bryant, corner from Cincinnati, a nice player who I could see coming in and, and playing even somewhat early in his career for the Seahawks. And then they went again sort of like they did with tackle. They were the safe pick, and then – a high upside pick. They went Tariq Woolen out of Texas, San Antonio, in the fifth round. Who's you know got all the length and speed in the world? Can he uh, can he cover people? But he's he, you know he it's sort of the, the the Richard Sherman comps there with someone who's long mm-hmm. and athletic and super long arms. Former wide receiver like Richard Sherman, in a fifth round pick like Richard Sherman was. So let's see if they can uh, they can hit on another one of those. in Tariq Woolen, uh, Tyreek Smith out of Ohio State, the defensive end in the fifth round and a couple of seventh-round wide receivers with all kinds of speed, Bo Melton from Rutgers. And one of my favorite players I saw late in the process from Lenore Ryan, Derrick the Freak Young, who's about 6'2", 220, and can fly. And he did everything for that Lenore Ryan offense. Small school guy that uh, has potential to be a little something in the NFL. So uh, overall, one of the be- – like. Cl- I don't want to say one of this was by far the best Seattle Seahawks draft class, partially because they traded away a superstar quarterback to get a bunch of extra picks and including a top 10 pick. But one of the best Seahawks draft classes since, you know, drafting Earl Thomas and Bobby Wagner and Richard Sherman and and the whole Legion of Boom gang.
1: Yeah. And again, there's some themes here, you know, you you kind of spelled some of it out. Two tackles, two edge, two corners, two receivers, you know, like, they're they're attacking a couple spots and they're all premium positions so let's give Seattle credit with the exception of Kenneth Walker of course which kind of sticks sticks out like a sore thumb but you you teased my dynasty ranks I have him very high I like the player I I kind of sitting here with would, would rather that name was uh Malik Willis you know but hey you know, I get it you know they're they're waiting till next year I understand that they're building the nest um I think that there were eight premium players in this draft and cross was number eight and they benefited from Atlanta taking Drake London. And you get one of the eight in, in the ninth pick. And then Lucas at 72, I think that you might have a pair of bookend tackles for quite some time. And, and, uh, like you said, though, both of them are premium protectors, but not run blockers. They're both very similar profile. One's, you know, the the B-minus version of Cross, you know, that they're good feet, finesse, you know, protectors. I don't know that that changes how they play football, but they, they drafted two tackles. Good for them. Um, Maffe will fit in immediately. I mean, I think he's going to be a Pete Carroll favorite. Um, he would have fit in with the Legion of Boom teams. You know, I, I think that is an obvious one. And I think the the Kobe Bryant-Tariq-Woolen dichotomy is really interesting in that Bryant is the, you know, he won the award for best corner in the country. He's as plug-and-play as you get. Very high football IQ where Woolen is, let's see, but if he hits, he's going to hit huge. So one's the plug-and-play, one's the project. And you mentioned Young, the really interesting upside receiver. We'll see what happens with Metcalf long term, but you're not going to hear from Young probably for a year. And Melton's very different, but he's real gadgety, you know, really good with the ball in his hands. I mean, he's he, given on end around, things like that. So I don't have many qualms with their draft. And, you know, everyone's looking at, well, they have Chris Carson and they have Rashad Penny. I don't know if Chris Carson's ever going to play another down. And Penny's only signed for one more year and has one of the worst injury histories in the league.
0: This is the bizarro Chicago Bears draft. A bunch of early picks and no quarterback. The Chicago Bears have the quarterback that they drafted last year. They had no early picks and then didn't help out their quarterback. And so they need to like, have a baby uh, together. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm like if you could just give. Justin Fields to the Seahawks they might have something you know with that offense now and and you have your left tackle of the future in Charles Cross to go with Gabe Jackson and you know Damian Lewis they drafted in the third round a couple of years ago you got Noah Fant now tied in from yeah. uh, the Broncos and obviously Lockett and Metcalf in a running game with Penny and there's some injuries there so with Carson and Penny and now Walker they're gonna have a stud running back and they're gonna try to run the heck out of the football and then you know adding a ton of players on the defensive side of the ball they've always been a Uh, you know a a mid to late round cornerback team and so we'll see if they can continue to hit on those types of players but really it's all about the pass rush so their second selection was voye mafe and he could be a stand-up rusher he put his hand in the ground is really versatile player for a multiple defense there on on the on the defensive line for the seahawks so i love this draft for the seahawks i think they nailed it and if they would have just drafted a quarterback i'd be giving them an a plus but they didn't so i'm gonna go a minus
1: If Malik Willis's name was there instead of Kenneth Walker, would you give them an A or an A plus? Or even Ritter or whoever?
0: Hmm. I would I would give them an A plus if it was Malik Willis instead of Abraham Lucas.
1: Okay. That's fair. In the third round. Kenneth Walker has value.
0: And of all the teams that you know because Kenneth Walker is gonna be a good player for them, you know. He's gonna and, be a good player. Yeah, uh, I, I I didn't love that pick, but to be honest with you, when they you look at players. I would rather have Kenneth Walker in the second round than Tyrion Davis Price in the third round.
1: Oh, yeah, you're i you're gonna don't draft one, low. draft right, them, right.
0: one. You know, if you're gonna draft a running back, it better be good if you're gonna draft them early because you're you're missing out on a potential starter elsewhere. Um, and I don't know if they got a potential starter in Abraham Lucas. So that's where I'm looking. And those quarterbacks okay, were all still fair. on the board, right? Let, let me make sure I'm right about that because I'm pretty sure. I think you're right. Everybody, but I think. I mean, that's only the Ritter, eighth
1: pick in the third round.
0: Ritter went the 10th pick. So all three of those quarterbacks, yeah, those nice, runners were still there. And I, I, after the draft, Pete Carroll said that if Drew Locke was in this draft class, he would have been the number one quarterback selected, which is wrong. Clearly, which is wrong. He was a yeah. second-round prospect as a prospect, so he wouldn't have gone in front of Kenny Pickett. He would have been in the mix with all the rest of those guys. But we've also got the information of seeing him in the NFL, which means I would rather have any of those guys over Drew Locke because I don't even Drew Locke at all. But clearly, the Seahawks do, or they're just waiting for the the Browns to cut Baker Mayfield because I, I don't get it. Because they they are they've done a good job of replenishing some talent, and that offense could be something if they just get a quarterback in there. Yep. Because we just saw what the Broncos went through with a ton of good pass catchers, and running backs, and pretty good offensive line, and a defense, and the same exact quarterback that the Seahawks have right now, and it didn't work. So I don't know why the Seahawks expect it to work for them.
1: The only thing I believe about the Seahawk lock marriage and propaganda, or whatever, is they had a really good grade on them coming out of school. I believe that to be true, and I'm gonna, and I think that's where it ends.
0: Right, and and I could
1: see that Fine, whatever. You know whatever our coaches are better than yours we're gonna turn them into a star you know right
0: and clearly they didn't have a high grade like the league did not like malik willis how did the whole draft process go through with everybody and analysts really loving malik willis and even talking about him man look out maybe even number two overall to the detroit lions right and analysts loved him and how did it not come out that some like scout somewhere some gm somewhere was like hey we have a third round grade on Malik Willis or we Mm -hmm. have a fourth round grade on Malik Willis and nobody really ever mentioned anything like that pre-draft I never heard any of that I heard some of it about some other quarterbacks but I never really heard it about Kenny Pickett Malik Willis which is why when the draft got closer I felt really good about Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett being first rounders and it turned out Kenny Pickett was but Malik Willis for the for the Seattle Seahawks to have not drafted Malik Willis right in that spot in the third round that tells you something that that was not a high grade Right.
1: The one thing I have heard about Willis post draft is his interviews, his visits. Everyone likes the young man, the personality, the work ethic, the intelligence, the, the going to put the work in. But on the whiteboard, he was a kindergartner. You know, that he, I mean, that he had just so far to go with basic NFL passing concepts. Not because he doesn't know because he's dumb. It's just they just didn't do that. Then he didn't have to. It's like, boy, this guy is a year away from being a year away.
0: Right. And that was the the big negative that everybody talked about with Malik Willis. is like, man, you look at this offense at liberty. And it is just it uh, does not translate at all. I don't even so,
1: throw to the middle of the field. Right? Yeah, he I mean, was like, not yeah. prepared
0: for being prepared for the NFL. No, that's that's totally, but man, that is amazing. So I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. Um Desmond Ritter went two picks later. So, like, even if you thought that
1: swap out Lucas for Ritter, I would yeah, like to. Yeah, Willis that. was too yeah. far
0: away. Like, you, you passed because Ritter is like ready to go right now. Like, I would for sure 100% rather see what Ritter becomes than go with block.
1: Side note we, we have not mentioned the name Matt Corral. Matt Corral's head coach in college was a Kiffin. Pete Carroll and the Kiffins are unbelievably close. So, that name was Abraham Lucas over Corral too. That's not exactly a ringing endorsement for Matt Corral,
0: who was also a third round pick. And Corral right, right, went right, with right. Uh, the thirtieth pick. So we went all three of those quarterbacks went within twenty picks after the Seahawks selected Abraham Lucas in the third round.
1: Mm-hmm. And hey, taking the tackles never a bad idea. Don't I'm not killing Lucas here, mm. but the fact that they didn't take any of those quarterbacks is you know a little telling for that team.
0: Yes, for that specific team as well. Because I watched Abraham Lucas and I liked some of the traits, but I was like, mm. I, I wouldn't be fighting to take him, especially if you have the needed uh-huh. quarterback like Desmond Ritter, two picks later.
1: And you're already taken
0: a, a tackle too. But so, yeah, well, good for I my I like Niners. the
1: class. I like the class.
0: Good for my Niners. Good draft class for the Seahawks, yet they didn't get a quarterback. And so they're good enough to maybe be mediocre to where they won't be drafting high enough to get the top quarterback next year either. I
1: mean, I still see eight wins as their ceiling and more likely six. They're not going to. I mean, they're going to be in the hunt for if there really are five first round quarterbacks next year, they'll be in a position to get one of them.
0: Their roster is better than it was last year, but it isn't so much better to make up for the difference in going from Russell Wilson to Drew Locke. Right, 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 right. No, that's well put. So yeah, maybe they will be in consideration for one of those top quarterbacks next year. Okay, those are the drafts in the NFC West. Hit me up if you disagree with how I broke those down at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen. Remember, jump on the live stream with us on YouTube Tuesday. It's a Twitter Tuesday. Oh so yeah, nice. Twitter Tuesday questions in I'm as well at BD Peacock and at Williamson NFL. But have a little bit more fun if you if you can. If you can get away from your your uh your lunch hour, maybe because we're going the noon Eastern. Know. Or if you're just in the morning, or you know what? Say, hey, boss, this is more important than my job for the next <laughs> half hour. I'm gonna jump on with Peacock and Williamson in the chat. We're gonna chat about post-draft stuff NFL. And uh, so yeah, jump on the live stream on the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. We are on the locked on NFL youtube channel so make sure you go subscribe to that thumbs up to all our videos hit the bell so you're notified when we do have a new episode and matt and i will be back tomorrow live right here peacock and williamson